uh, at some point, you've got to dump the bag out and one by one put the things back in that are the right things. And so if the faulty belief there is more is more, really, I think the antidote to that is a few of the right things is actually more. Happy 2020, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. We are pumped for another year of Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I'm here with my main man, David Bloom. David, welcome to 2020. Yes, excited, excited. So I'm just looking at a bunch of snow right now and woke up to negative eight degree weather. So it is very much the middle of winter, but a new year. I'm excited. How about you? A new year fresh tracks. See what I did there with the snow oh, analogy. Yes. I mean, it's it's that idea of you're going down the slopes, there's a powder day and you're just kind of floating on it. That's that's what I feel when we approach a new year. And um, we'll talk a little bit about goal setting today, a little bit about clarity. I know some of you who are listening to this are kind of already feeling overwhelmed. You're like, do I really think I'm going to accomplish all those goals? And why did I do that? Maybe you're like at the gym already. And it's just a few days in to January. We want to officially welcome you to the year. Um, I guess before we get started, David, why don't you share the exciting news about our podcast in 2020? Yeah, we are going to be doubling the amount of episodes that we are going to bring you. So we're going to have two episodes that will drop each week. And those episodes are going to be dropping Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we're we're pumped about it because the your response um, to the content that we've been putting out has been great and it encourages us to keep producing content that brings you guys value and it brings value to our own lives. So that's what we're jumping into for the new year and we're um, just thrilled with uh, what God's doing through this podcast. Yeah, we've heard a lot of stories from you guys. I actually get to hear from those that I coach on a regular basis on how this is feeding you guys. And we've had to work some things and figure some things out, as always is true with growth. But we are excited to drop on every Tuesday and every Thursday. Uh, we just feel like this conversation has momentum. Stayforth has steam. And we want to continue to bring you guys these conversations. By the way, David and I get to have the best conversations when it's fresh. We get to talk to a guest before and after it goes live and on the air. So we're not suffering in having these um, meetings that maybe turn into podcasts as well. We absolutely love uh, connecting with each other, bantering a little bit on the air. Um, but we also love getting shaped by leaders that are out there in the trenches who are practitioners. Uh, so I'm just grateful for everybody who has um, come on as guests in 2019, for those who are sharing the podcast, for those who are tracking along in any way. Um, what a year it's been. We absolutely have loved bringing you guys the podcast. Yeah. So it's first week of January. And kind of the hot topic this week, David, I think is goals, goals, resolutions, planning for the new year. We are in planning mode. Hopefully we're well rested from the break. Maybe we gained a few pounds. Maybe we're heading back to the gym. But David, uh, tell me this. How do you approach goal setting? I mean, just like everyone else, this time of year is a time to reflect on maybe the goals that we didn't meet last year, the disappointment, sometimes the pain that comes from whether life has gotten in the way or just plain laziness gets in the way, we can look back on our last year, sometimes with disappointment. And we've talked about this before, Alan, but oftentimes this causes us to approach the new year with this kind of 
guilt from last year. It's um, hope that this year will be different. And we come at it maybe with an unrealistic sense. So the first thing for me is that I look at 2020 um, with fresh eyes and I, I try to make goals that are reasonable, approachable, and achievable. And what I found in my life is that if I just responded or lived out um, you know, half of what I knew, because I read a lot of books, uh, I've had experiences. If I just responded and lived out and was obedient to you know, half of the things that I knew, my life would look radically different. But what happens is we continue to just kind of consume more and more stuff. And, and what I try to do every year is to pick one, two, or three tops kind of major goals that I'm looking at. Obviously, there'll be smaller goals um, that I look at throughout the year. But from a kind of beginning standpoint of 2020, I want to, uh, either it's a topic that I want to learn a lot about, or it's a habit that I want to develop um, that I can just focus on. Um, or maybe it's one uh, goal that's relational, professional, or health-wise that I can really press into and focus my time and energy on that. Because I find the most effective I am, let's say I want to you know, learn about productivity or I want to learn about Sabbath or I want to learn about you know, any one topic. If I focus my time and energy on that, um, I'm far more productive and it's far more effective in my life when I bite off as much as I can chew, so to speak. And so there's some humility that comes with that, that I've had to learn the hard way through you know, missed goals and failures to accomplish certain goals. But the the first thing that I start with is, is this a reasonable, realistic goal with my stage of life, the season of life, where I'm at, my capacity, um, so that I can really make some improvements and gains in this next year rather than kind of continue, continue to bash my head up against the wall, hoping to accomplish things that aren't realistic. But that's kind of the the starting point for me. What about you, Alan? Yeah, similar. Um, I, I realized years ago that my goal setting process was miserable. Like I would I would get to the end of the year, and my supervisor at the time would say, "All right, let's take a look at your, you know, the goals from last year," and sometimes would even approach those mid year. So he did everything he was supposed to do, and I'd be like, "Man, goals for last year? Where did I put those?" Like, I didn't even know what my goals were. Like, they were just some professional exercise for me. And I'm like, okay, whatever I'm doing, do the opposite of that. Like, I just lost sight of those goals. And meanwhile, I'd be like, I was starting to coach leaders and starting to see, huh, like, why are they losing sight of things? And the exact same thing that they were wrestling through, I was wrestling through. So I just didn't have a goal setting process that worked. And David, you were talking about it. I think we set most of our goals for the next year out of guilt from the last year. So if 2019 was rough for you and you couldn't accomplish your health goals, you couldn't lose you know, those 10 pounds or you couldn't read those 20 books or whatever, you're just going to double it. You're like, well, that's it. I'm reading 40 books this year. And I'm like, how does that work? And what we talk about a lot at Stay Forth is actually clearing this space. So um, really in December, my discipline was to look back and to clear space and to do three things to eliminate, just get things off of my plate. Um, that I say oh, that was good, but not best. Uh, that wasn't fruitful last year, and I'm not going to do that again. Or delegate, have somebody else do something that I was doing that they're a better fit for, and re- they're ready to to lead. I'm not dumping it on them, but delegating. And the last one is automate. I've upgraded with some technology the last few years that has saved me so much energy, and with that energy, I'm able to put it into different 
places. Um, I'm able to have more coaching clients. I'm able to, you know, produce more podcasts. I'm able to have more conversations with you, David, and talk leadership development. And so, um, those are the big three that I actually focused on in December were eliminate, delegate, and automate. And so with that, I have some space and now I feel like, oh, I can actually add some new things. And, um, actually my schedule, I found I used to have to change my schedule every year. Um, it got a little bit tighter Then it was like kind of every six months, probably every quarter. Now I have to change how I do things because I'll find a system and then more things creep in there. And I just have to change how I do it or my family schedule changes, something like that. Uh, but I do, I think it's dangerous to, to fall on either side of the spectrum where we set goals so high and so unrealistic. We're just setting ourselves up for failure. And there's a school of thought that says, you know, aim, aim for the moon, push high, go for it. Um, what's the worst that can happen? And then there's a school of thought on the other side that's like, well, it's kind of cynical. Like you didn't do your goals last year. So how do you think you're going to accomplish them this year? And I actually fall in the middle. Um, I think that we should be realistic with our goals and then maybe add 10%, not add 50%. And so it's a stretch goal. Uh, and there's great processes out there. I outlined the SMART goals process and um, one of our past podcasts. Um, so I just try to be wise with it, David. I was just a bad steward of this time of year and some of the momentum and freshness in the past. And over the last few years, I think I've found a pretty effective way to do it where I begin to eliminate. We actually have a tool on the State Forth side, if you're looking for one, um, that's called the Goal Creation Journey. It's a process. It's four different steps with four different questions, and it starts with creating the space. So I am, um, I know I say this every year, but I'm excited for this year because it's different. It's very different. We have a lot of momentum with State Forth. A lot of you guys listening are, are growing. Our coaching clients are seeing just some incredible life change happen. And uh, we have a lot of good things going on. We just have to make sure we're not just adding more good things um, to the bucket. Alan, we both talked about, um, you know, having realistic goals and maybe not setting goals too high that aren't realistically achievable, which, yeah, like you said, in some circles, that's like blasphemy, right? There are no goals too high and move towards it. But goal setting, what I realized, takes a ton of self-awareness and honesty with yourself. And the question to ask yourself in this time of season is, what does a healthier me look like? Because when we set goals, if you're like me, a lot of your goals come from comparison of others. You're looking at other people's life. You're looking at what they've accomplished. You're looking at how their life looks now. And you might not have taken account it took them 20 years to get there, right? Because they're 20 years ahead of you or whatnot. Yeah. And you're just looking at what they have and you're setting your goal based on what they have now, not what a healthier David or a healthier Alan would look like in 2020. And so that's something that I've, I've realized um, and it's helped me plan based on who I am and how God's wired me. And then also, what does it look like for me to get healthier and healthier to be you know, a better leader, to be a better husband, to be more productive in this area or to kick that bad habit, but to take on that good habit. And rather than you know, making my goals kind of a reflection of, of people, although inspiration is good, it's, it takes self-awareness and honesty to figure out you know, who is God leading me um, to be in 2020. And, uh, how can I set goals based on that rather than, you know, just comparison with others. So Alan, as we uh, move into 2020 and we think about goals, uh, we want to talk about two kind of dangerous beliefs that leaders run into when it, when it comes to goal setting in the new year. Alan, can you, uh, start us off with that first limiting or dangerous belief that we buy into? Yeah, that first one is more is more. 
And this comes directly out of our excess culture. I and mean, we just believe that more is more, whether it's stuff, busyness, activities, and we just cram things in. The analogy I always use in coaching is like put more potatoes in the bag. And there's there's limited space, but you just keep shoving more and more potatoes in the bag. There may be something rotten at the bottom. Uh, at some point, you've got to dump the bag out and one by one put the things back in that are the right things. And so if the faulty belief there is more is more, really, I think the antidote to that is a few of the right things is actually more. A few of the right things is going to breed more fulfillment. I know when we thought about this podcast, David, the initial thing I had to say is, where's that time going to come from? If we do this, we want to do this well, we want to commit to it, we want to do it every week. And it's been incredibly fulfilling because we've talked to some amazing guests. You and I have great conversations. It always brings more fruit, but I had to cut some things out. And so more is not more, guys. If you haven't eliminated from last year, please don't just keep adding more on to the next year because now that will breed more, but it's excess. It's overwhelm. It's uh, frustration instead of fulfillment. So I've just found that dialing in on a few things, um, maybe those are sovereign themes for you. Maybe those are, like you say, just a few core goals. And you say, I'm going to put so much of the year into a few things. That's incredibly fulfilling. Maybe there's something worth investing in. You just got married and you really need to invest in your marriage that year. Maybe your physical health has been struggling. And with some tweaks, you feel like you could have a lot more energy and that's worth investing in. Uh, Maybe you've slipped away from Bible reading. Maybe you just haven't been the kind of learner that you want to be, and you you really want to learn from diverse voices this year. Maybe there's a particular topic. Um, Don't just add that on to all the other commitments that you have, because, man, David, I I see a lot of people live in 102 or 120% capacity, and they're just trying to do more, and the numbers don't work. That's going to lead us toward overwhelm and ultimately toward burnout. Yeah, and maybe a healthy image to help kind of explain that thought is think about the things that you do in your life. Um, you know, whether it's in your work or whether it's in, you know, just aspects of your leadership or your daily life and you broke it up into four different categories. And let's say number one is something you stink at and it's draining. Um, and number two is something that you're competent at. People aren't going to complain about your work. Um, but it's still draining. And then number three is something that you've probably had to work at to become great at. Um, You can make a living at it, but it's either a net neutral or a slight drain. And then a number four is something you are uniquely wired to do. And not only are you great at it, but it's life-giving. It's filling. Um, It is something that you would probably do for free, um, but you don't want to tell your employer that. And those are the things where if we're going to try and eliminate things in our in our life, ones or twos in our life that we're not good at or we're just competent at, we can delegate that away. Doing more of those things isn't going to be more productive because you're not living in your sweet spot. You're not figuring out the things that one bring you life, but you're also the best at. God has wired you in that way um, to do those things. And so the idea that more is more or more is better just isn't necessarily true because you might be pushing into um, those ones and twos and even threes in your life that sure you're doing more, but it's not your most productive you know, thing that you can be doing. And it's certainly not life-giving and it's going to lead to burnout. And so a lot of that comes from, again, self-awareness of figuring out how is God uniquely wired me to do 
And that should help shape your goals moving forward of what you need to eliminate, what you need to delegate, and then what you need to automate. It's all those ones and twos. And when you delegate those, delegate it to your ones and twos to people where it's their threes and fours so that they don't get burned out and it comes back onto your plate. Right. So you're not just dumping it to them. That's different from delegating. You're actually, somebody's going, yeah, like not only would I like to steward that, but they would steward that better than you ever could just based on wiring. And that's when we talk about unique design, that's why we are stay forth designs. We talk about what are you uniquely designed to do? And sure, there's, there's going to be ones and twos in there, but I see the ones and twos, David, just killing people, just absolutely beating them down. And that's a lot of where the overwhelm comes from is you go, how did I end up doing all of these things and how do yeah. I get out? And so that's a healthy framework for you to figure out, okay, what can I eliminate? That It just doesn't need to be done, but I have pressure from whether it's internal pressure or cultural pressure that I'm supposed to be doing those. Maybe you're not. Um, or maybe you need to delegate it, or maybe it can be automated through you know technology or process um, where you can remove those ones and twos off your plates. Yes, there are things as adults that we're going to have to do that aren't our favorite things to do, but your time is best spent. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of adulting. But at the same time, your life is yeah. best spent yeah. um, doing the things that you're good at and the things that give you life and energy so that you can continue to do them for the long haul. Um, and that's, that's part of what Alan was talking about with, you know, starting goals with what can I eliminate and what can I delegate and what can I automate? Yeah. The, the second thing that I think is particularly dangerous, David, is this belief that in order to win, I just have to hustle harder. In order to win, I just have to hustle harder. I mean, the hustle culture is a huge thing today. And a lot of this is good. Let me acknowledge that. The kind of Gary V and um, so many of the voices, I would say, especially to entrepreneurs right now, many of them to millennials and 20-somethings that are saying push and drive and lean into things that matter. Um, the problem is there's usually not a space to pull up. Hustle culture is driving a lot of people down um, to threadbare and kind of grinding us down to the bone. And if the only answer is work harder, there's only so many hours in a day. And what I've found is usually working harder, there's actually a laziness there that when I'm just saying, I'm going to do more and more and more and more and more, um, there's usually a laziness to discern and trying to discern more clearly in that. And so I think the antidote um, to that, at least in terms of process, is discernment of discerning more clearly what I should actually be doing instead of driving at 100% at all those things. So it's really kind of excess culture and hustle culture go together because the belief there is is both more equals more. But the first one is probably that consuming more or experiencing more. But the second one is actually more worth, to think that my worth equals my work. And that's just not true at all. We talk about Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that, that we are the apple of his eye before we get to do anything. But then because he loves us dearly and deeply, he invites us into the work. And um, if we get that wrong, we get everything else wrong in the process. And so I think both of those, if, if the only answer is more, I have to drive more, I have to push harder, the answer is probably less and a few of the right things. If it's, I have to accomplish more so I can have more worth, we have to call a timeout and realize that the theology that we're living is actually completely destructive and completely off. And I just see that a lot. I think it's pervasive in our culture. I think it's 
um, the idea work, 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 and then someday you'll get to rest um, in called retirement, which who knows if, if that will be a thing um, many, many years from now. But I think that's the um, kind of exhaustion hamster wheel that, that a lot of leaders are on today. And, and I hate to, to watch that. And even just, David, a lot of what you and I get to coach leaders through, um, it's a privilege, but I hate watching people suffer from overwhelm. There's so much overwhelm. And if you are listening to this and wrestling with overwhelm, I would say this, look for clarity. Try to clarify. When we start coaching with questions, we are looking for clarity. And what I see is when clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. When clarity goes up, overwhelm goes down. And uh, these are a a lot of the things that we spend most of our time doing. In 2019, we released the Right Side Up Journal. That's available. Grab it. And what we're saying is five minutes a day can change everything about your leadership. And I believe it. I use it every day. And that's the goal is to clarify it. What are my priorities today? What am I going to do? What am I not going to do? What are my priorities for the week, the quarter? and ultimately for for the year. And uh, another option, we have created something called Double Espresso Coaching Sessions. So David and I love us some coffee. So if we're just going to um, go in, we're tired in a coffee shop, we're going to get a shot of Double Espresso, boom, caffeine to our veins. That's what we want these coaching sessions to be. And so for two days, our coaches are opening up kind of a blitz in coaching. And we're opening up one-hour sessions on January 15th and 16th to clarify to clarify your goals for the year, to clarify your processes so that your clarity goes up and your overwhelm goes down. And we're going to book as many of those uh, as we have space and time for. And so you can go to stayforth.com backslash coaching, and you can book a double espresso coaching session. We've made those affordable and all of our coaches will be available in some form or fashion during those two days. So we are excited Uh, for that. But David, any more thoughts on overwhelm and clarity and just the need for that in our culture today? Well, you just mentioned kind of the, you know, tracing it back to a proper theology, a proper theology of work and identity. And that really resonates with me because through my coaching process, that's a huge aspect of it. And when you think about work in general, work was designed to be good. Um, Before the fall, there was work. Um, So we kind of think of work as a result of the fall and absolutely it was broken. But if you trace the timeline back, God had stuff for us as cultivators and stewards of the land um, before the fall. And so work is this thing to be redeemed. And where we get jacked up is when work becomes the mechanism for our identity, for our fulfillment, for our satisfaction. And what happens with that is we put a burden on our work that is never meant, um, that work's never meant to lift. And that burden is our satisfaction, fulfillment, identity, all the things that really only God can give us. So like you were talking about, when we um, come to grips with our workmanship, with our identity first, whose we are, um, not just who we are, then that frees us to be productive, to get stuff done, to go after the works that God has um, already you know, laid out for us in advance, but only when um, we've already found that fulfillment, satisfaction, and identity. And so it all goes back to work was never intended to be the mechanism in which we find our worth, our value, our identity, and our satisfaction. 
Uh, so, so good, man. And um, actually, what one thing that's scaring me uh, today is that people are saying that work is the new religion of the day. You're saying, you know, sort of the hopes and fears of all the years, I'm going to put into what I do. It used to be 40 hours a week. I don't know what the new norm is on the latest studies, but is that I'm going to to find everything in our work. And again, it's attention because I do believe that work is meaningful and can be cultivated. And these goals can actually lead you to something beautiful. They can also lead you to working yourself to death. Also working for fulfillment, working for joy is the only way to get it. And so is this fine tension. Um, and so as we close out this episode, I would just encourage you on behalf of our Stay Forth team that work can be meaningful this year in 2020. However, not every task you are doing feels meaningful. And I think that's where the faithfulness comes in, to just do those things, not just as unto the Lord, but do them at the best of your ability. You have some incredible abilities, um, but there's also some limiting beliefs that are probably holding you back. And stretch a little bit this year, um, make some wise goals this year. We are going to be along for the ride. We are going to be updating you along the way. You're going to hear from some amazing guests but we don't want this to be just one more thing you're doing this year. I have to listen to this. And one more thing that's just in your earbuds. We genuinely want this to bring you some practical hope and practical help along your journey. Um, we're with you guys. We absolutely love um, coming to you guys uh, through this, hearing any feedback, if you guys ever have any feedback from us. Um, but we just want to thank you for tracking along with us in 2019, for starting the journey with us in 2020. David, why don't you sign us out? As always, we want to encourage you guys to uh, track along on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, all the different social media episodes that we're on. If you haven't subscribed, uh, go ahead and do that because that just alerts you to every new episode that we drop, especially us going to two episodes. You're going to want um, to be a part of that. And um, also, if you haven't left a rating or review, uh, that means a ton to us. It just helps us get our uh, message of health and impact into more leaders' earbuds all over the country. And so if you could be a part of that, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. But we love doing this. Um, it's a privilege to us. We don't take it lightly. And we're just thankful that you guys are tracking along with us for this journey. So until the next episode, uh, stay healthy, friends. We'll see you next time.